there were sisters and elders. So the elders lived in this like old house that um, used to be a church house, okay. but now like people believe it's haunted. Uh huh. Which I like never saw anything except for this experience. But uh-huh. every single person who stayed there, like every single elder, has an experience where they like were woken up in the middle of the night or just like they saw someone, things like that. I remember one time in the missionary training center, we had some sort of teaching activity on a Sunday where we were supposed to share why we believed. Referring, of course, to the church and God and whatever else goes along with that. In essence, we were supposed to state why we were so convinced that what we felt was true, that we'd be willing to give up 18 to 24 months of regular life to serve as missionaries. The thought was that it took a lot of conviction to do something like that. So presumably, everyone in the room had a story as to how he or she came to believe. Otherwise, they wouldn't be sitting here, would they? A small group of elders and sisters, six or seven total, formed a tight circle. Around the room, other groups were doing the same. In the circles, the missionaries, one by one, told their group why they believed, what series of events had led them to their faith, and their recent life decision. Some of the personal testimonies were emotional, even tear-jerky. All were about uplifting spiritual experiences, and the goodness of God and the church. And then it was my turn. I didn't have anything profound to say. I'd grown up in the church and from a young age lived with the expectation that someday I'd serve a mission, whether or not I had some great religious epiphany in between. And certainly, I had had nothing of the sort. But not nothing completely. I had a basis for my faith, just like everyone else. It just wasn't like everyone else's. Compelled to share, I said what, at the time, was the largest contributing factor to why I, like the others, believed. I once heard a scary story from a credible source. What is up, you brave souls, and welcome back to the Adversary Podcast. Usually every episode has a common theme around which all the stories revolve. This one is an exception. The stories today are the ones that are not easy to categorize, so I've lumped them all into a single episode. It'll be a mixture of strange, unsettling, and maybe even terrifying. These are the accounts that don't fit in anywhere else, and I want to tell them before we get to the seriously crazy stuff coming up in the final episodes of the season. So here it goes. The first account comes from the Philippines. To give you some context, the church currently oversees 23 missions, or distinct geographical areas where missionaries serve, in this one country. Granted, it's a bunch of islands, but still, that's more missions than the rest of Asia combined, which only has 20 missions. So to say that there's a lot of eyes on the ground in the Philippines is an understatement. Naturally, that leads to missionaries witnessing quite a bit of weird, and even a bit of supernatural. The mildest story I've heard come out of the Philippines is the one I'm about to tell you. I've certainly got more extreme stuff than this, but now is not the time and the place. Well, it's the place, but just not the time. So this will have to do for the moment. Some sisters and elders were serving in an area the farthest away from anything, is how a sister described it. The sisters lived in a normal apartment, but the elders lived in this old house that apparently used to be some sort of church or meeting house, but was now rumored by the locals to be haunted. The sister telling me this story said that every elder who stayed there had an experience of being woken up in the middle of the night, or seeing someone or something, things like that. All the members in the area knew about this house too, so everyone was kind of freaked out by the place. So one night, the sisters got a phone call from the elders. 
At first, the sisters were a little panicked when they saw the caller ID because the elders were calling in the middle of the night and they thought that there must be some sort of emergency. But when the sisters answered the phone and said, hello, there was only dead silence on the other end. And so they were like, okay, I guess they just misdialed or whatever. They hung up, but only a few minutes passed before the phone rang again. Same caller ID, the elders. And upon picking up, the same silence. The sisters hung up again and talked to each other for a minute. The likely explanation was that the elders were butt-dialing them or somehow calling them by accident. The sisters thought that if they called the elders back, the elders would hear their phone ringing and answer it. So the sisters called, and two rings later, the call went through and someone picked up. But it was just silence again. And for the sisters, this whole thing was super bizarre. Not because there was no one on the other end, but because, according to the sister, the Philippines is never silent. There was no background noise coming from the other phone. No cars, no fan, nothing. Now the sisters were freaked out, so they turned off the phone and went back to bed. At 6.30 a.m. the next morning, right after waking up, they called the elders to figure out what in the world had happened last night. And the elders actually picked up this time. The sisters were annoyed that only now the elders answered and said, Yo, why did you guys do that last night? That was not a funny prank. That was rude. But when the elders responded, they were the ones that were freaked out. They said, we thought you were pranking us, so we put our phone in the other room. Comparing phone records, they discovered a series of missed and answered calls that neither of the companionships had placed or picked up. But the creepiest part was that inexplicable silence. A call couldn't go through unless there was someone on the other end to press the accept button, right? Interesting. But that's just phones. Lots of stuff can go wrong with those, especially the older ones. They're susceptible to the same glitches and malfunctions all electronics are. So let's look at some different accounts, slightly more indicative of interference from a supernatural source. I mentioned in an earlier episode that there are multiple missionary training centers across the world. One of the smaller ones is in Colombia, the South American country. At the Colombian MTC, missionaries sleep on bunk beds, with as many as three bunks stacked on top of each other. One sister missionary, who was preparing to serve in Ecuador and was leaving the MTC in a few short weeks, recalled some experiences she had while sleeping on the top bunk of one of the bunk beds. Awakened at some point during the night, she tried to roll off of her side to her other side, but found she was unable to do so. She wasn't able to move at all, actually, until she said a prayer, which seemingly freed her. The next morning, she didn't think much of it, because it was probably just sleep paralysis or a tangled blanket and nothing bad had happened. A few nights later, though, that would change, as during the night, her breathing became more restricted. The following morning, as she went to use the bathroom, she caught a glimpse of herself in one of the mirrors. There were some sort of marks on her neck. Closer examination revealed what they were. Handprints. Crossing now over the border from Colombia, four sister missionaries were opening up a new area in the Brazil Salvador mission. When elders or sisters move into an area that didn't have missionaries there before, sometimes the new apartment is devoid of the necessities, like furniture or even beds. Missionaries may need to improvise for a few days, which these sisters did by sleeping on mattresses on the floor, until these common apartment essentials can be provided. Other than the lack of desks, closets, and bed frames, though, the apartment felt nice and normal. Eventually, the furniture did arrive, although some required assembly, like the wardrobe, but thankfully, the delivery man was willing to do that for the sisters, and he set up the wardrobe before he departed. The next evening, one of the sisters got sick so the companionship stayed in for the night to let the sister rest. While the ill sister was lying on her mattress in the other room, 
the companion, was studying at her desk. She thought she might as well take advantage of the time at home. As it grew later into the night, the sister who was studying fell asleep, slumped over the table, still sitting at her desk. Normally, she wouldn't have been disturbed, but she was about to find out that things weren't as normal as they used to be, ever since the delivery man had been in their apartment. She was woken up by a few light taps on her back. Opening her eyes and turning around, she expected to see a sister from the other companionship that shared the apartment with them, but instead, she saw no one. A tad concerned, she got up from her desk and headed to the bedroom, ready to call it a night. The sister who was sick was already asleep, but she was afraid of the dark, so every night they would leave the bedroom door open instead of closing it. The sister who just came in got ready for bed and settled down onto her own mattress, leaving the door open like always. She fell asleep again with no trouble. But midway through the night, at around 2am, she was suddenly awake. Her bed was angled such that she could see out the open door and into the hall, dark as it was. She watched as something in the hall went past the door. Just one of the other sisters going to the bathroom was the thought that came to her first. Then whatever had walked past the door walked back across in the opposite direction. The sister sat up in her bed and leaned forward to get a better view of the hall. A figure its body darker than the blackness of the background, was pacing back and forth. The sister got up. She made her way to the door and shut it. Then she went back to her bed and said a prayer. The next day, one of the sisters from the other companionship pulled the sister aside. The apartment had a symmetrical design, so both bedrooms could see the hall from an equal perspective. This other sister told her that she'd seen someone in their apartment last night, a shadowy figure, pacing. Two sisters serving in Tennessee were out knocking doors one day in a trailer park, so you can already imagine the kinds of things they might run into. But nothing could prepare one of the sisters in particular for what was about to happen. Most of the time, the only thing to fear in trailer parks were mean dogs. Trailer park people, on the other hand, were generally nice, humble folk who didn't mind some conversation. One day, the sisters came across an especially creepy-looking trailer. One of those where you're not sure if you even want to meet the person that lives inside it. But the missionaries mustered up some courage and knocked on the front door anyway. To their surprise, someone opened the door. But to their regret, he was tall and just as creepy as his home. The attempt made to share their message was in vain, because soon the man became irritated, angry even. The sisters felt whatever good feeling they had brought to the doorstep disappear. The man was now yelling at them. Leaving was suddenly the top priority, and they tried to break off the conversation. But then the man got quiet. He looked one of the sisters dead in the eye and said, I know your name. And then he said her first name. It was the only name not displayed on her name tag, but he knew it. The sisters just left without another word. The one who'd been singled out began to cry. Moving just a little bit east on the map of the United States, some sisters in Georgia were dealing with apartment issues, but not the type you'd call a plumber or an electrician for. These problems had persisted for a while, ever since the day they went on exchanges a month ago. For two of the four sisters, the exchange had been uneventful, but the same couldn't be said for the other pair. At some point during the day, one companionship had traveled to the home of a person they were teaching. This wasn't a regularly scheduled visit, however. This was an emergency. This person had called and asked for a blessing to be performed on his home. The reason was obvious. The sisters and some members of the ward got to the house and blessed it, without incident. After the blessing, a member drove the sisters back to their apartment. And that's when the trouble had started. At first, it was little things, 
noticeable but attributable to human error or accident. But gradually, it became clear that something else was going on, as conditions inside the apartment worsened over time. The sisters just put up with it though, until one day, when they learned how unwise that decision was. Coming home after a day of being outside, the sisters were walking through the doorway of their apartment, when one of them was pushed. The push sent her reeling backwards out the door. She caught a quick look at what had delivered it, a black, shadowy figure. The Adversary Podcast is written and hosted by me, Ethan Lars. A special thanks to all those who contributed the stories to this episode. Thank you again for listening, and we hope we didn't scare you away.